Welcome back to the Welfare Business Podcast, where today we're going to be talking about the three things that won't help you scale, yet every dumb fuck seems to spend a lot of time and money on. I'm not going to tell you now, you've got to listen all the way through to the end to find out what they are. And when you find out what that is, we will tell you the one thing that you do need more than anything else. And with that being said, Johnny Baby, how are we doing? We're all right, thank you very much. I'm uptight, out of sight, and into the groove this morning. I'm actually a tampon. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I, I, um, <laughs> I thought I completed all of John's uh, joke book, having worked no, for no, such no, a no. long time, but that, that, that's, a, that's a new one. Don't tell Holly, but I'm now putting on my microphone. Oh, God, shit. She's going to hear that. So for the listeners, Holly produced us a... uh, She just edits the fucking thing. Holly produced us a pre-podcast checklist. And we're very good at checking it. Except when we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Holly, Holly, for those who don't realise this, Holly is my daughter. She's my eldest. And she's autistic like me. So we've been close. She's been daddy's girl since literally since day one. Um, and now she's working with us, and it's like it's like having a dog humping your leg. You know, you can't fucking get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we first hired Holly? Yeah. She, we made it very clear that this was my decision, my responsibility, because um, we didn't want any of the family benefits and all of that jazz. No nepotism. Nepotism. That's the word I'm looking for. She, um. She was already doing some work for us, just some very, very simple, the most boring shit you could think of for minimum wage. It was fucking brilliant. Didn't need to talk to her. It was like, right, just need a pair of hands to do this job. (laughs) Didn't need to talk to her. (laughs) It was fucking brilliant. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember. Here's a list of shit and message me and show me that you've done it. And here's a spreadsheet to fill out. It was fucking fantastic. Holly did such a good job. In fact, I was like, look, we've got a ton more shit ton 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 of shit for you to do be interested in a full-time job she said yeah she messages john talks to john she's all happy and i'm like great let's uh let's get let's get you set up when when can we book a call she didn't want to fucking talk to me on the phone (laughs) do you remember yeah she's so much like her old man (laughs) she she didn't want to talk to me and i was like that's fair enough um, it's going to make things a little bit difficult. So I was just sending her voice messages. She refused to send voice messages. So I just... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember. Bless so her. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> At one point, I thought this might be John just pretending to be someone else to get more money out of the company. <laughs> 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 at the weekends i pretend to be a little girl <laughs> yeah just to make some more money i was 20, 24 but that's a little girl to me yeah, that, that is a little girl and oh now it's got to the point where fuck me i changed i moved us away from slack because i was so tired of the amount of voice messages i was getting <laughs> hey dude I, I moved to ireland to get away from her <laughs> <laughs> oh god the fucking internet ruins everything i know yeah. poor old holly though eh? No, she's, she's a little angel. She's a diamond. She's a real asset to the business, isn't she? And for those listeners and watchers, it's true. We keep a very clear separation between um, her doing the work and me being her dad. Obviously, I am her dad, and we do have the, the father-daughter talk sometimes. And sometimes they involve the work and business and where it's going. But as I don't get involved in the slightest in the 
HR side of things with her, do I, Connor? No, absolutely not. I'm very clear about that. I've, I've seen it be, I think we've all seen a business fail and go tits up because of a dodgy relationship between family and friends. But I think, I don't know if I'm young and naive with this, but I'm, I think that as long as you set the boundaries very clearly from the start, I think there's a lot of good that comes from having family, probably not friends, family, no friends as well, because friends can become family within a business, but there has to be a level of trust there that is probably so rare. It makes this scenario rare. Yeah, the, the the person involved has got to be competent, but that's true for anybody taking the job. Mm. So any, anybody anybody taking on any job has to be competent. That's the first thing. And the second thing is then if they if they are family or or friends, that adds an extra layer of complexity which you have to deal with. And the way we've dealt with it is like this separation of <laughs> separation of church and state. You know, dad does not get involved in HR. Um, one because I'm shit with people, and two, it would not be right for. Holly, and I don't think Holly would try to do this, but even so, the, the, the opportunity's not even there for her to try and play us off against each other. That wouldn't work. She knows that wouldn't work, and she wouldn't do it. But that's one thing you've got to be very careful with with this kind of setup. You can imagine um, a, a daughter with less integrity and a, and a father with, with less strict boundaries. You can imagine you know, her trying to play me off against you in some way. Um, I mean, and to be honest, that's, that's testament to Holly's integrity. And also a testament to the way she's been brought up by me. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say her mother, but I would say her stepfather, Martin. He's, he's instilled quite a, a, a decent set of values in her and also my other two. Well, I think if she did try and play us off against each other, we'd very quickly nip that in the bud. But it, that would never come Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, she wouldn't like do sometimes it. That's not Holly. We're very chilled out and relaxed as employees, but that, that's not because Holly's your daughter we're, we're like that with anyone whether we're hiring freelancers contractors absolutely whoever yeah. um but it, like holly messaged me the other day saying like look i need the day off and i was like and she was like can i have one i was like you don't even need to ask me but one i just found it funny that she asked me and <laughs> two i was like your dad's over there you could just ask him but she still had the courtesy to come over to me and say can i if she asked me, I'd say, ask Connor. Might to do with me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that, she... yeah. Anyway, we should get into the topic. Uh, just, just one last thing. We're going to your point about um, we look after our staff. We've had one customer recently who bought the book. So we took in five pounds here. And she's been incredibly difficult and rude um, to Holly. And I basically told Holly to refund her the money. And once she'd done that, I sent this woman a message essentially saying, refunded your money you're not off it for our business um don't get in touch with us again you don't need to reply to this email good day to you and okay that was only five pounds but i would have done the same if she'd say joined call control at, you know 900 quid including that i'd do the same or if she was in elite i'd give her those month subs back and tell her to go you know people holly comes from a a, a background in, in hospitality weatherspoons specifically and in the place she worked she said um, it was like empire building, and if there was ever any shit from customers, it was a scramble to see who could, who could, who they could give the blame to. Uh, well, we don't do that. We protect our staff, and we look after our staff. If they if they screw up, we will admit it. We will apologise. We will make good. If you are rude to them and disrespect them, 
um, you're gone. I don't care how, how much you're paying us. You will not do that with our stuff. And it's not just because she's my daughter either. I would have done the same if it had been another person working for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I won't tolerate it. And isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? I, I tell all my friends this that run businesses that um, I, I share them that meme that is like 500 pound client. I must let you know that I am entrusting you with my whole family livelihood, their future, my kid's future. Please do not muck this up. So yada, yada, yada. But a 50 grand client just says money sent. Cheers. Yeah. Speak to you later. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that is... That is a meme, but it and like many memes, it holds a, a like a, a kernel of truth. Mm. In my experience, the most and it's almost counterintuitive. The most respectful of clients are the ones who are paying me the most. The ones who pay me the least, like book buyers, think you know they, they've got some fucking hold on me. They're, they're soon disabused of that notion. But hey, anyway, the topic of today's talking of clients, the topic of today's podcast. Um, I've been noticing recently, and we'll, we'll cover this specifically, I think, on, a, on another episode, but I saw yesterday, today being Friday, the Bank of England have warned we are in a, a serious recession, which is going to last at least two years. They've increased the, um, the base rate for, of interest by 0.75%, which I think is the biggest single rise for, I don't know, 20, 30 years or so, possibly more. Um, and we're basically, we're in a... I can't remember the exact details, but this is the, the worst situation we're in since records began. Um, and people still seem to be either ignoring it or sleepwalking through it. Please, I, I hate to use this phrase, people, because it makes you sound like a, a conspiracy nut. But you know, this time I mean it. Wake up, sheeple. Okay? A two-year recession. So my question to you is, in two years' time, so November 2025, no, November 2024, are you going to be in business still, or will you be working for someone else, maybe in a, a, a low-end menial job? Not docking that, we, you know, they have to be done, and sometimes maybe all of us have to do a menial job. I used to deliver papers, and used to be a nightclub doorman. Okay, so we've all done it, and we all need to do it, and I would do it again. But where are you going to be in two years' time? Are you going to be in one of those jobs, scrabbling to make ends meet? Are you going to be bankrupt? Okay, or, or are you going to have at least a stable, solid business. That's the choice you've got to make. And if you're going to make that choice, and I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't make that choice, um, you're going to have to change the way you do things. And the way people do things, man, there are, there are three things I see people spending a lot of time, money, and energy on and talking about. All right? Um, to the point, it's fucking almost embarrassing. I'm almost embarrassed for them. The first thing they do is they like to talk about their fucking logo and their branding, their colors, all right, and their fucking fonts. And now, somehow, somehow, I, I cannot, and perhaps you can tell me this, Connor, um, but somehow, they, they have this brand logo, which is just a, usually a shape or a figure or a, an image of some kind. And then they try to tell you this, this, this image, this, this picture, this object, somehow represents feelings. How the fuck do they get to that? They sound, you know what they sound like to me? They sound like art and theatre critics talking bollocks. All right, because it's, uh, uh, how, how? I mean, they talk about brand values. What the fuck is that when it's at home? You know, you don't need a, you don't need a logo, guys. Or a brand, you just don't. 
brand value thing is the most the people that talk about brand values are usually the first to talk about authenticity and how it's important to be authentic the mere fact that you have to pay someone to sit down and brainstorm your brand values is the most unauthentic thing i can think of it is so utterly paradoxical it's ridiculous and people i know i know people who have spent tens of thousands tens of thousands of pounds for logos colors and like a whole branding guide where they fonts. talk fonts brand values and it's like hang on a fucking minute when was the last time you invested £10,000 to in- improve your sales and marketing? Well, this is going to improve my sales and marketing, they tell me. And I go, you are a fucking dumb cunt, aren't you? You are dumb as shit. You are spending tens of thousands of pounds on an adult drawing class where you talk about your feelings and that's not going to increase your sales and marketing. Have you lost your mind? No one ever in the history of the human species ever bought anything because of someone's logo or brand unless the brand was already known to them and conferred some kind of benefit or value so yeah okay you you might buy Marks and Spencer because it was synonymous with quality at one time you might buy Rolls Royce for the same reason all those things I get that but you are not Marks and Spencer you are not Rolls Royce you are a freelancer sitting in your home office and no one knows or gives a fuck about who you are they just don't they know what all they care about is what can you do for me your logo doesn't come into it i remember once right sitting in my office in the uk so it's at least 16 years ago um and i had a, a of all things i had a, oh i don't i shouldn't say this should I? I had a life coach in front of me client life coach right she just <laughs> qualified i know <laughs> she just qualified hey come on i was i was fairly new to the game i've only been in it about four or five years anyway I said to her, let, let me read your mind. And let me tell you how you uh, um, set your fees. I says, I bet you looked at the, the going rates of, of life coaches in, in, in the area and you probably picked somewhere in the middle. She says, actually, I picked somewhere near the bottom. I said, okay. So I says, what, what are you doing to get clients? She says, well, I've just paid, and this is 15, 16, 15 or 16 years ago. I've just paid £3,000 to have a full branding package done. And I said, do you have any clients? She said, no. And I said, then why, why are you bothering to do this? Like 3,000 pounds would have gone a long way to getting clients, you know. I, I have no idea what happened to the poor girl. I really don't. I mean, she didn't come on board with me as a client. Those were the days when I was doing free meetings in my office, by the way. Can you fucking imagine it? Anyway, so you don't need a, a logo. And then an extension to the branding thing. I mean, when I'm talking about branding just now, I really mean... Um, the, the, the image, the, the stationery, the, the, the look and the feel, if you like, as well as the logo, how they all tie together. But, on, but extending the brand thing, the second thing you don't need is this personal branding where people, and this is where the authenticity bollocks comes in. People are very big on talking about a personal brand. Well, if you have to go out and construct, as Connor's just said, if you have to go out and construct and contrive a personal brand, and then say you're being authentic. I'm, you really need to go and buy a dictionary and then look at what authentic means. Because that ain't authentic. Not really. Unless authenticity for you is being contrived. That's fairly authentic, I suppose. But it's not what people want, is it? Really? No, I, I, I can almost guarantee that there's a LinkedIn post out there somewhere saying, hey, guys, um, I've, I've just put the finishing touches on my course about how to develop your personal brand values 
and then it, do, you, do you know what's funny because they all do the same thing and they they, they, they all end up being looking almost identical don't they oh i'm yeah, honest they're like teenagers. I'm, I'm authentic i i try my best and it, it's all of this shit and then it always then they try and tie it into something that they enjoy doing and it's and i, I I stopped talking about coffee and whatnot so much when I noticed this is because they get their brand values and then they try and tie it into a quirky personality trait. And it's like coffee or craft beer or biking. Or do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean, yeah. And have you noticed they all say we're different? Mm. So they'll say things like graphic design done differently, copywriting done differently. All these things, they don't, they don't mean the product done differently. They mean the experience of working with these people. Their brand shows they're different. But, but they're like teenagers in all ways. I mean, when I say they're like teenagers, I mean, they're all different in the same way, just like teenagers are. But they've all, all got the emotional fucking level of teenagers too, emotionally undeveloped. And I'm not slagging off teenagers here. It's just a fact of their brain. The, the brain doesn't mature in that way for quite some time. Uh, and to be fair... Full disclosure, me as being autistic means my emotional centers haven't fully developed either. They've gone somewhat askew. What I lack in emotional development in that way, I've made up for with brute force and ignorance, really. You know, it's a learned skill for me, whereas it's natural for, for normal human beings. But the point is, I see people, I mean, if you see with accounting, accounting done differently. When I ask these people, how are you different then? Oh, we don't rip people off. We give great service. Well, that. That's a minimum fucking requirement. <laughs> it might be different in the sense that a lot of people do rip you off, but it's not really a USP, is it? A USP, unique selling proposition or unique selling point, a good USP does not entail you saying, we won't fuck you about and rip you off. You know, That is a minimum requirement. It's like saying, is it my, da- my mum once said to my dad, he's a good husband because he doesn't knock me about. To me, that's not saying dad's a good husband. It means it's just a fucking base level of human decency. You don't knock women around. Bully for you. Nor do I. <laughs> you know? Well, unless they piss me off, obviously. Yeah, then fuck them. So that's the second thing. You, you don't need this brand. Okay? Your brand will come. And, and by again, I don't just mean... Well, in our case, our fucking visible brand is pretty much just been thrown together. But, but your kind of existential brand, if you like, what you stand for, your values, that they will just come naturally. And and that they will propagate and promulgate themselves by almost by word of mouth or by people's experience of you. Your your brand values will come from people's experience of working with you. Like me, I don't have anywhere. You can search my office, you could get the fucking police, you get the crime squad in, you could do a forensic search of my office and my computers. Nowhere will you ever find my brand values. I guarantee it. If if you do. It's like some fuckers planted it there, you know? <laughs> what, it, what you will find, though, is everyone knows I'm forthright, I'm honest, I'm decent. All the things I stand for, because that's just what I do all the time. I show it. I live my words. I live my values. You know? And they've completely aligned. I have people like Vicky and Kev saying, you know, the message you give now is the same one you were giving 12 or 13 years ago. Of course it is. That fucking does my nut in, though. Before we get any smart asses come back with some clever rhetoric about branding they always talk about big businesses when they come back and they try and argue with it they, they talk about website logo and branding of big big businesses john mentioned this at the beginning i really just want to drive this home you are not a fucking big business you are not a big business 
I, I think even if you're doing under 10 million a year, you're still considered a small business. You're a twonk in an office on your own. Yeah. Or with a couple of people. That's what you are. Even if you're doing, even if you, and there, there are some people listening to this that probably are doing a few mil. They've got a few staff and whatnot. Yeah. Even then, your logo, your brand values and everything does not matter. It does not matter because you are still running the company. You are still the head of it. So therefore, you are representative of the whole company. You are not Coca-Cola. Yeah. You're not Coca-Cola. You're not Marks and Spencers. You're not Rolls-Royce. Trust me. If you want proof of this, if, you're not, if you want proof of this, just look at Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. Who are they, Connor? That's what most people will be saying now. If you don't know, get to know. Yeah. Then look at their website. I dare you to. Bearing in mind, Warren Buffett is one of the richest men in the world. Who's Warren Buffett? <laughs> well, he, he's, the bro- he's got a brother, isn't he? There's Warren Buffett, then his brother, there's Chinese, there's Finger, and all you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very niche business joke, that is. It is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? So, that's the second thing you don't need. Then following on from that, okay, because th- th- these things follow each other, because you see people saying, I've got, I've got my logo done, I've got my branding done, and now I've just paid £15,000 to have my website done. So what we've got is, is, say, a freelancer, but you've got a small business just, just launched, and they will probably spend three or four months getting these things in place, all right? And then they'll launch it on, on LinkedIn. I'm now happy to launch. I'm, I, I'm delighted to announce my website is up and running. I'm ready for business. Fucking flatline. Right? Crickets and tumbleweed. No one gives a shit. Yeah, no one gives a shit. No one cares. Set your fucking mother. And your spouse, and he only cares because he wants to get his fucking leg over tonight. Or perhaps that's just me being cynical. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, I, I saw a, a video recently of a, it was a fella, uh, he, he, owns, he owns a woman's brand, and it's an e-commerce women's brand, so it's all done online. Um, and he was talking about websites, and I thought, this is going to be fucking dreadful. He's going to give the, 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 the conventional wisdom. He didn't. He tore it apart. I was amazed. I, I'll try and dig it out. It was incredible. He essentially just showed like all of the iterations of his websites and how much like uh, each one made, uh, conversion rates and whatnot. And he said the worst money he ever spent was with website designers. The best money he ever spent was conversion rate optimization specialists. Enough said. I mean, okay, it's a, it's a small sample size, but he's, he's right. Small, it, but typically, he was in the creative space selling like women's clothing. His wife like designed all of it. Um, and he did have like a really pretty website at one point, like a really, really pretty. And he was saying, this was useless. He just said, this was useless. It was missing this key, key thing, this key thing, this key thing. And it was just really refreshing to hear someone in that yeah. industry talk about how useless design is and how important sales is because they all talk about oh your, your color palette yeah 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 uh, and it's, it's got a it's got to look i don't know contemporary and all that Let, let's be very clear about something well okay i'm not saying your website has to be ugly and a mess what i'm saying is your aesthetics should come second a long way behind utility readability and function Okay, if your website is 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 designed to if your website is intended to sell lingerie, for instance, then it should be it should be designed and structured and put together in a way to facilitate that. 
Yeah? Not bolted on. Let's get it looking pretty first, and then we'll put the sail stuff in. The other way around. Your, your, your function should drive design. It should not be put on as an afterthought. So you can have a very attractive website. I'll give you a, an analogy here. I did some work uh, some years ago for an acting coach. He was selling 16K um, one-year programs. It was, it was good. And, and, you know, he had a great success rate of getting people into the TV, things like Coronation Street um, and the soaps and, you know, into the BBC type shit and the ITV. Okay. He was very successful. And we put, I, I, did, I wrote the copy for a, a brochure for him. And then he had it designed by a, a graphic designer. And I said, oh, I'm not going to use his name. But I said, you, that's, that won't work. It said that the copy's good. And it will work, but this design—it's—it's—it's it's, it's just a, a brochure. It's just a this tells you about it. Okay, you need to sell. So I, I showed them, and all I did was get that book type and layout, and showed him, and just went through, did a video critique like I did, and say here's how it should be, and he got the designer to change it, and it was—it was fucking brilliant, and it looked nice, it looked good, but it was also put together in a way to sell, and it and sell it did, and we made like 110k in 10 days selling it by email, sending this brochure out, and then you know on the back of it. So design comes first. Design and structure and construction for selling for function comes first. Aesthetics comes a long way behind it. So what do people need, Connor? If they don't need a logo, if they don't need all this branding, and if they don't need a website, funky, at least a, a funky website, you don't need a website at all, but uh, if you're going to have one, not a bad idea, an easy one like ours, you, know, you go to wellfedbusiness.com and look how fucking simple that is. Right? What do they need, Connor? Shall I tell everyone? Tell them. I'll tell you then, clients, that's what you need. More than anything, I know, shock fucking horror. As Gary Halbert said, if success is measured as 100, 99.9 .9 parts of that 100 is actually fucking selling something. Until you sell something, I think Robert Ringer said, nothing happens until someone buys something. Until someone does buy something from you, you haven't got a business. Okay, you can you can be talking to as many prospects as you like, and some people will go to the extremes of calling prospects clients. They're not. They're not clients until they have paid you. So I don't care if you've got a, a full pipeline and you've got meetings booked wall to wall from Monday to fucking Friday, talking about 10K projects, copywriting projects or whatever. I don't give a shit. Unless you have actually got money in the bank from these people, you don't have a business. What you have at best is a very expensive and perilous hobby you know because while you're not making money you're not making money and you've got to be you know the cost of living is going up and you've got to be living unless you're dead so you know what you need is clients and you, you don't need a, a logo or a brand or a website to get clients what you need is a clear understanding of whom you're serving a clear understanding is what where the problem is and be, to be able to show them you understand that problem and you have a solution for them that's all you need to do well you can do that with linkedin posts um, LinkedIn Messenger or fucking WhatsApp if you want to. We've done it. Sorry, a rant, bit of a rant there. It was a good rant. Yeah, it's well needed. People need to hear it. And again, to reiterate this, often when we slag things off, people think we're saying like, don't do this thing ever. It makes you perverted and you'll go to hell. If you have a successful business and you don't like your logo and you want a new one, you can you are more than welcome to go and spend some money getting a new logo because you have a successful business. But don't do it under false pretenses. 
And don't kid yourself then you, that you're doing it for any other reason that, that you're a little bit vain and you want a nicer logo on your company fucking garments. That's the only reason. Only reason. Vanity is the word you're looking for. Vanity. It is vanity. You can do that. You can absolutely fucking do that. Yeah, and, and please, also, don't, don't think for a moment, if your business is suffering or, or in some way lagging behind, don't think that a, a revamp, a, a logo revamp and a branding exercise is going to change it. Look what happened to Thompson Holidays. They rebranded to Tui, and I believe they went bust anyway. Yeah. Is that right? Yes, you, you're spot on. And that's exactly what I was going to say. We, we say these things to warn you that these activities will not boost your sales. That's why we slag them off. We slag it off under the umbrella of these. Yeah, we slag it off under the, the, the umbrella that this is something that's going to increase business. It's not. It's vanity. It's fun. It's something you do on the side. Like the, People might not believe this. But there have been times where me and John have actually been at loggerheads over design decisions. That is just vanity decisions, not functional. When it's functional stuff, we, we, we don't argue because there's a right answer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But when it's subjective. Things like logos are those zero, zero, what's its names? No system questions. No system questions. They're just, there's no right answer. It's just no. And we should be focusing really on multi-system questions and, and single system questions. Yeah. And we've now learned, and it's funny because we both got to the exact same point at the exact same time of, I don't even give a shit about a logo anymore. We've spent too much time talking about it, <laughs> arguing about it. <laughs> if people could see the messages we send to each other or listen to the voice messages, when, we, when we're passing back logo ideas and things they fucking creak the crease up because we're, we're not polite to each other at all or about designers <laughs> <laughs> the way we speak to each other is at its worst when it comes to subjective design decisions because we're like are you fucking blind <laughs> if, if people could hear us the way we talk to each other in private they'd probably think we didn't like each other absolutely they probably thought they'd probably think there's a big problem in the business because we fucking hate each other <laughs> The way we talk. It's interesting you mentioned that though, because I had to I had to start watching the way I, I speak to other people. Because me and you, we're, we're extremely direct. We are. we are. We're extremely direct, and we're assertive, and we're not afraid to go. Mm, nah, no, fuck that. Oh, mate. Come on, that's a stupid idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Like we're, we're very direct because we 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 trust that we've got each other's best interests at heart. So I thought, well because I trust this person has my best interests. I trust that I know I've got their best interests at heart. I started being direct with other people. And I know we're getting off topic here. It's a recipe for disaster, mate. I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, m most people are not really geared up for it. But it's unfortunate because uh, we've said it, I think I said it the other day, if, if we can't have these conversations, and okay, we, we're being a bit facetious now. But, you know, often in business, um, things like talking about, for instance, anything to do with fairness and equity. You know, any kind of conversation around that. Well, we have to ask, we have to be comfortable and safe in asking the really uncomfortable questions, the difficult ones like, well, should we be funding childcare for women who choose to have children? Because it's a lifestyle choice. Now, you know, I don't take a position when I ask that question. I just ask the question. But the, the replies I get from people who suddenly extrapolate that into, yeah, we need to look after people. Well, I'm not saying we don't. It's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying, do we have a responsibility to? 
Well, if, if we say, yes, we do, then we talk about what that means. If we say, then we don't, then there's nothing to be done. But unfortunately, in today's society, there are certain questions you are not allowed to ask. There are certain statements and so-called facts you're not allowed to question. For instance, if somebody levels the accusation of what you said is just racist or sexist or ableist or some other ist, it's almost impossible to deny it. I don't bother. There's no point because these people have made an emotional decision. But if, as soon as, you know, see, people even say if somebody of colour says it's racist, it's racist. Well, who said? And we need to be able to ask, the, ask these questions and examine them because, you know, nothing should be accepted at face value. We don't accept the fucking Bible at face value unless we're really fucking stupid. So why should we accept anything else, you know? Because they're qualified, John. Even people, you know, I'm very clear about this. People should not take what I say and what we say at face value. Test it, try it, show that we're wrong, all right? Most of the time we're not, and, and if we are wrong, we're not wrong in all circumstances, you know. There may be firms out there, if you increase your prices, it will cause you a problem. I've yet to see it, but I can't say that it's impossible. Um, but, people, you know, you're, there are some things you are not allowed to question, and that's a very, very dangerous route for us to be going down. It really is. Anyway. There's no point in talking to, about them to core control because it closes on Sunday. No, tell them to get the book. Get the book. Well-fed freelancer. Okay. Wellfedfreelancer.com. It's five pounds. You get a shitload of bonuses, double your money back, and a free pizza if we're wrong. And then when you get introduced into our world, you'll see there's a lot we can show you, not just about business, but about life as well. Okay, because where we where we are different and we really are different and I can show you where we're different. Our work is predicated on the idea that your results come from your actions and your actions are born of your thinking. If you want better results, you have to take different actions. The key to taking different actions is to be thinking differently. Most people don't think at all. Those who do think the same way. Most people in our industry will tell you to do things which are just a variation of what you're doing already. They were gradual improvements, incremental improvements. What we do is we start it with your thinking. We get you to reconstruct your business from the ground up. That's very different. It's not for everyone because not everyone's got the courage to do it. Those who do do it reap the benefits. You stand warned. Yeah, and even if you're not a freelancer, you do well to read the book. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. We've got a series of books coming out on a similar theme for different industries. Um, construction in particular. So, but at any business, I mean, I, I actually say in, in the front of the welfare freelancer, who will do best with it? It's basically any freelancer, coach, consultant, any service provider, including accountants, lawyers, you know, but even people like painters and decorators, handy people, uh, mechanics, it would work for all of them. There's a few businesses, like if you're selling paper clips on the high street, yeah, it's not going to help you very much. But if you can sell a premium service, if you can put together a premium service, like all those businesses can, fit pros, massage therapists, escort services, escort girls and boys, okay? If you, if you can put together a premium service, the welfare freelancer will help you. But if you don't read it, you can't do a thing for you, mate. It shows where your head's at as well, mate. Escort boys and girls. <laughs> not, not men and women. Hey, get to my age, everyone, everyone's a boy or a girl to me. I've got clients in my... Hey, dude, I've got clients in their 30s who look upon me as a father figure. They're like boys and girls to me. And they're fucking parents themselves. 
you've got a 50 50 business partner who has just turned 26 <laughs> it's quite scary really isn't it <laughs> i'm grooming you mate i'm grooming you for buggery my uh my, my personal trainer said to me today he, he asked how old you were because i said you'd been doing the mobility stuff and that you'd been enjoying it uh, this is just a little bonus for everyone who can be bothered to listen to the end uh, and I said, oh, you, you're like, you're a lot happier when you get out of bed and things, you, things are aching and creaking a little bit less. And he went, how old is he? I went, he's 57. And he went, well, you are going to creak at that age. He's just got to learn to take it easy. You can't go heavy on the squats no more. He just went on this massive run. And I, and I went, oh, okay, uh, okay. Um, and I asked how old he was. <laughs> 55. <laughs> so I was like, I said to him, so you're not that far apart, are you? No, I, th- I think the expression that's appropriate now is you do you and I'll do me. Yeah. Although he is right. I can't squat as heavy as I used to. I wouldn't want to. I fucking, everything would break. <laughs> I wouldn't like to try to 160 kilos today. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah. Get the book. Get the book. Welfarefreelancer.com. In the meantime, fuck off.